What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Here we are, episode 74. This is going to be interesting. I, um, like I said in the the description, this is a, a a new, at least to me, company. We'll find out about how long they've been around. But this is Bird Spokes. They make spokes out of strings. But before we get started, it's your favorite part. It's whenever I try to talk you into joining my Patreon. Seriously, you guys on Patreon are the sponsor of this show. So if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be nice new cameras or microphones or IPA in my fridge that I can't drink this month because apparently I'm trying to lose weight. So, but honestly, the guys on Patreon, it means a lot. And there's there's one one spot you can do in there for a buck a month. It's like tipping your waitress that poured your beer. It's worth a buck, right? So is listening to a podcast every week, at least in my opinion. And if you want a little more than that, five bucks a month, get your sticker pack access and some extra content as well. That really helps out. It means a lot, dude. I've seen some of you guys recently all, all jumping on and, and signing up. And it, it really, really helps because for some reason, I don't know what happened with my YouTube account, but like the truck, the dump truck load of money that's supposed to get dropped off hasn't showed up yet. So until then, I'm relying on you guys to keep this thing going. And if you want some stuff for free, swing by my Instagram or my Facebook page. It's at BikerB1. So that's pretty simple to get to. And there's free content there. So you can just do that and get a little taste of it. It'd be like like taking a sip, just a little sip. And then you can then you'd be like, you know what? I want a little bit more. And there you go. If you want, if you don't want to do either one of those, but you just want to support the channel a different way, you can swim swing by my shop at shop.biker.com. Get a shirt or look here. I got a patron shirt on right now. This is a patron shirt. Yeah. For those of you guys listening, it's really cool. For those of you guys that are looking at it, hopefully you like it too. But anyways, I'm about to update some stuff on there on the patron cha Patreon channel as well as the shop. So I'm just being a lazy web webmaster lately. So one of these days I'll get around to it. Maybe next week I'll tell you about all the all the cool new stuff. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and get started. We're going to bring Charlie up here and there he is. What's up, Charlie? Hey, thanks for having me, Robert. Yeah, man. Super stoked to have you on. I was uh, right in my in my uh, intro that I wrote for the for the YouTube channel. I was like, you know, I was out on the trail with one of my buddies and he's like, oh, check out these new wheels that I got built. I was like, all oh, right on white spokes. Cool. I've seen that before. I've seen green spokes, blue spokes, you know, I'm like no biggie. And uh, he didn't mention anything else about them at the time. And we were just riding. And then later he's like explaining them to somebody else. And then he's like, oh, yeah, these are made out of string. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you, you can like, it's like not rigid at all. What are you talking about? And he like pulled up some picture on his phone. I was like, whoa, that is crazy. I looked at your Instagram earlier and it was like somebody doing the wheel build. And it looks like a hub with spaghetti through it. So, um, a little bit about you before we like get into all the meat and potatoes, like how'd you, uh, how'd you get into riding bikes, man? Yeah. Well, uh, um, you know, I, uh, I got into riding bikes during college. I started, uh, started road biking and, uh, and then did a lot of mountain biking and uh -huh. grad school. I lived out in Pennsylvania, state oh, college, cool. Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a great place for mountain biking. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. from York, Pennsylvania. So oh, okay. Like yeah. Yeah, so you know the area. It's uh, you know that's where I learned learned to mountain bike and uh, you know really got into it. So 
Yeah, yeah. super rocky over there. What's that? It's super, super rocky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot different back here in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. That's where we're located here. Uh, oh, right on. Yeah. So you got started over there. So where along the line did you go from being a, a like a bike rider to somebody that wanted to start their own bike related company? Well, I'm a so I'm a chemical engineer by training uh -huh. and background in material science, and that uh, you know that helped me get interested in in uh, coming up with this idea for the the spokes. Uh -huh. and, um, and you know, me and a couple of buddies of of mine started this company back in 2015. And oh, wow, uh, so you've been around for a while then. Yeah, but you know, we we didn't really start selling anything until 2018, and so that's mm -hmm. that's the company really got off the ground and uh you know we started selling our product and and mm -hmm. so it's been it's been about three years since we've been on the market uh-huh right on so um what is an, a chemical engineer i don't even know what that means I, I i used to work for an engineering company and they did like water engineering and now i work for a software engineering company where they're like making code for controlling robots but i don't know what a chemical engineer does a, a chemical engineer takes, um, you know, takes chemicals in their basic form and and transforms them into something useful. You know? <laughs> so a lot of what chemical engineers do is they, you know, you're taking some petroleum byproduct, right, and converting it into the everyday products you use, converting it into plastics, um, you know, making it, you know, making something that's ultimately going to, you know, better people's lives. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, yeah. So how did this idea like come to like fruition? Like what, at what point are you like, something's wrong with spokes. How can we make this better? Yeah. Well, well as a, you know, as a, as a rider myself, I recognize the benefit of having lightweight components on your bike. Right. right. And, uh, and you know, just about everything on the bike has been transformed over the last hundred years. Um, mm -hmm. you think about tour de France bikes a hundred years ago, everything was made out of steel. You know, you had mm -hmm. steel frames, steel handlebars, uh, steel rims, steel spokes, everything. And then, you know, since then, carbon fiber has replaced, you know, frames and, and rims and seat posts, all of those things, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but the ex exception was spokes. Spokes have, have essentially remained the same over the last hundred years. And, uh, and you know, so our idea came from, um, came from rock climbing and from, you know, slack lining where you're taking, you know, lightweight, high performance materials mm -hmm. and the material we use in the spokes is actually is uh is called ultra high molecular weight polyethylene people would recognize it by the name dyneema um mm -hmm. i like it the long way better that just sounds yeah, like yeah it's a little bit of a mouthful you know or you can call it if that's that's too hard you can call it uhmwpe yeah uh, no i like the long way that sounds like a perfect hashtag just put it on all your pictures <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i'm sure people know <laughs> what that means um but it you know we you know, recognize that this is an amazing material and, um, and spokes have, uh, have, you know, the technology is just, you know, is, is ancient technology for spokes and mm -hmm. we have the ability to, to use this material as a spoke. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not like a, a super, um, techie kind of bike guy. I'm kind of like a, like a gorilla. You just like get on the bike and pedal. That's what I do. So spokes being rigid, I don't really think has anything to do with how they work, right? It has more to like, like it's really the 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 strength of pulling the wheel, right? Yeah, that's that's right. That's confusing, you know. And the exception is an old wooden wagon wheel. Now, in that mm -hmm. case, the spokes the spokes do need to be rigid, but 
when you're talking about bicycle wheels, all of the spokes are in tension. And mm-hmm. so the spokes are always in tension and they never go out of tension. And so it doesn't matter if, um, you know, if it's flexible when it's not in the wheel, like our spokes are, or if it's, mm-hmm. if it's rigid, once you have it in a wheel under tension, it, um, you know, they act just the same as a, as a steel spoke work would. Mm-hmm. So our spokes, of course, you can, you know, you can tie them in a knot if you'd like to, but once you got them in a wheel, they, they act just the same. Mm-hmm. How is like, is there, are you guys like the first company to make this kind of thing or did maybe like somebody do this in the fifties before or something like that and it just didn't catch on or well we're the first company to to make a you know lightweight flexible spoke that interfaces with standard components uh-huh. you know, and so so the wheels that you saw you know a month ago richard's wheels mm-hmm. right they're those use stock hubs stock rims yeah you know, yeah spokes interface with those but um that's uh there's been other companies and so spinergy for example you know they've had a flexible spoke uh, made out of P- a different material pbo uh-huh. uh, it's uh it only works with proprietary components and it's a much it's a much bigger diameter spoke because they've got to put a, a coating yeah. on it it doesn't stand up to to uv light um, there was there was something too like in wasn't it like the early 90s like the wheel looked like a like a spider web almost and they had like plastic discs on the outside yeah, I don't like, know if those were rigid or not. Tioga disc wheel is another one that was yeah. out there at one point. You know, I think, and they use something more similar to Kevlar uh-huh. uh, than than our material. So there's been, you know, there's been a couple other people that have tried it, but mm-hmm. I've never, you know, a company like us where you know it, the spokes work with standard components, and that's what's yeah. what to be successful and grow the business because you know people want you know want to ride their NV wheels or you know they right. want to. They want to ride their GT Swiss or Industry Nine hubs, and yeah. you know, that's what we work with. Yeah, 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 totally. No, it totally makes sense. So, like building them, does somebody that's like building with these, like, is there anything different that they would do, or have to like take a class or watch a YouTube video on, or it's basically yeah. like the same way, or what? Yeah, well, we got lots of YouTube videos, and so that you know, any wheel builder who likes to build wheels can build with their spokes, and we've got shops all over the country all over the world building with our spokes um, it's not that hard if you want to you know learn how to do it it just takes a little bit of time to get good at it so just like anything else you know there's a learning curve and one once you learn learn how it's uh, it's not that much different than than building with regular spokes and the the lacing process you know, like you said you know it looks like spaghetti when you're when you're lacing a hub yeah but the lacing process for for putting a hub together is different than steel um but then once you once you've got the spokes into the rim it's it's just the, the same process of truing a wheel with our yeah because i would imagine you don't have to worry about like how you're because the this the when the spokes are rigid like you have to pull them through the eyelets in a certain manner so that you can get your crosses or whatever but when it's flexible like that then you you just you yeah, just go right. one at a time right and yeah then you, you just weave it through whatever you want yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't run into issues where you know you can't get the spokes twisted around each other because, yeah, you don't, you don't have to worry about that. So, how does the material? Because so there has to be some kind of nipple, and then there's something that you're going through your rim with that is, I, I assume, like like threaded or something like that, like a regular like nipple for a, a spoke. Is that accurate or? Yeah, yeah. We so the the big innovation on our spokes. Right, so we didn't we didn't invent the material that's used in these. That, that's invented by you know a bigger company who mass produces this. Yeah, somebody but like we, Dupont or something like that, right? Yeah. So what we invented was the connection to the to a steel threaded rod on the end of it. 
That's what I was going to ask. How how you do that then, huh? Yeah. So that what's on the end of the spokes is just a standard uh, 14 gauge thread. You know, two millimeter spoke thread. It works with normal nipples. Um, and the way that's connected to the fibers because the fibers are are hollow braid, and that that rod goes inside of that braid. Mm-hmm. And when you pull on it, it acts like a Chinese finger trap. And so uh, the, pull, the stronger that connection is, you know, and it's that frictional force that holds it that on. And yeah. so we have a you know process to make this. It's a proprietary process that we bond that to the end of the spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason it works so well is because it's not relying on a, an adhesive. It's actually relying on that physical that physical force of the you know those fibers just cinching on onto the end of that rod. And so yeah, that, that, you know, that, so that was our key innovation. You know, we've got a so we've got a patent for that, a US uh-huh. patent, worldwide patent that you know covers that innovation. That that's really what makes it the the whole product work is that connection. Uh-huh. That's what makes it unique then. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I like the little Chinese finger idea and like as well. I'm sure it's more intricate than that, but it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, as a, and, a and you know, it's not it's not made in China, right? right. So we make all of the spokes here, and so maybe that's not the best. You know, yeah, no, but no, the idea of how it works, like everybody's played with one of those as a kid. So it's like, oh yeah, you the harder you pull, the more it's stuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. You guys are manu- so are you manufacturing there in Minnesota or you got some plan or like how how does that work out? Yeah, we we do all the manufacturing here in Hopkins, Minnesota, um, and we we've developed our own proprietary manufacturing equipment. That's also mm-hmm. a big part of of you know our company is that we've developed this equipment to be able to produce these economically here in Minnesota, which is you know great thing I think about the product. Yeah, yeah. So are these like so when you're getting the spokes, does it just come like on like a spool of like thread like a mile long or whatever, and you're just like cut out links and then somehow your machine puts into the 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 metal pieces or so i'll probably just let your imagination run on that one okay (laughs) uh, that's the secret sauce some some equipment that you you know you've never seen before and i think that you won't be able to guess what it is but (laughs) i told you then it wouldn't be proprietary yeah yeah okay it totally makes sense man you gotta you gotta keep i'm just inquisitive so i'm I'm like what the heck so we're we're gonna go ahead and make the assumption that these are lighter than regular spokes then yeah so they're you know they're they're half the weight of the lightest steel spokes Mm -hmm. so so not that everybody knows what spokes on their bike are on their bike but you know if you take like a a sapum cx ray or a dt revolution Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're a little less than half the weight of those spokes um, but, or, you know, they're about 25% of the weight of, of a standard metal spoke. Mm-hmm. So you're saving, I, when I saw on your website, I think you said, or it was stated that there was about a half a pound difference. So that was for both wheels or per wheel? Yeah, that, that would be for a set of wheels. For yeah. a set. So, so I mean, that's a huge difference though in rotational force. Yeah. 64 spoke, um, set of wheels with, you know, average spokes, it would be a, about a half a pound. Hmm. So, is it easier then to replace if you like blow one or like yeah, same and, same process or? Well, you know, in a lot of ways, it's easier. You can replace it without taking off, um, a, like a disc rotor, for example. Uh-huh. You, know, you could actually weave it in there where you wouldn't be able to do that with a steel spoke. Oh, that's it's, cool. Um, you know, it's it's definitely pretty rare to have to replace a spoke, um, but mm-hmm. they're you know they're not totally indestructible. Right, uh, you know, but it is rare. But in the, and if you needed to, you definitely can do that. 
so does it have some kind of like does it give at all like so like when i've broken spokes most of the time i've broken spokes i've been in like a super techie spot i lean my bike to one direction and you know all of a sudden it's like ping you know and it's like oh that rock just pushed that spoke until it didn't <laughs> didn't hang no more you know like because this is fiber does it kind of like just rip some of the strands but not totally fail or well the the spokes are they're a little bit um you know, they, they have a little bit more elasticity than steel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're similar to like the thinnest gauge steel spokes. Um, but, you know, actually what people notice, the big thing people notice when riding, I don't know if uh, Richard commented on this when you, you know, when you saw him on the trails the other day, but um, is the vibration damping. Of yes, the he, did, he did talk to me about that. That's a big, unique property. You know, you take a steel spoke wheel and you, you pluck a spoke and it rings really nicely. Because uh, steel spokes, they transmit vibrations up and down the wheel, you know, from the trail all the way up into your handlebars. But mm -hmm. because of the material, it it doesn't transmit vibrations, um, you know, like steel, and and that it makes for a really smooth ride. And so you, mm -hmm. you know, we measure that here, but you know, what we hear that's what we hear most often from our customers is that's what people really notice when they're riding it. Yeah, Richard mentioned on the ride that we were on, he's like, man, and these things like really kind of dampen the the ride. And he was riding a shorter travel bike than I was. And we were on some pretty janky stuff. And he's like, dude, it just makes me feel like like almost like I have more suspension. Yeah. Cool. So that that's yeah. I mean, I was really impressed by like what he had to say about him once I learned that this the spokes were, you know, what they were. Yeah. You know, at first it was just like, oh yeah, okay, cool. You like did new decals on your bike and you got white spokes, BFD, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wasn't like really impressed at that point. But then once he like showed me the picture or whatever, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I I loved it. I would love to talk to this guy. So yeah. That's, so somebody asked up here, do they need truing? I mean, do they fall out of true faster or slower about the same? I mean, I, I would assume the truing has, that's really just the uh, the nipple that's that's kind of coming loose over time, right? Well, you know, you could need a true wheel for a lot of reasons. Like if the if you're on aluminum rim, for example, you dented your rim, and then you know, your wheel will go out of true. Yeah, that's not, not an option with carbon anymore. But right. uh, <clears throat> but the simple answer is no. So you know, you don't you don't need to true them over time. You know, in less rare circumstances. And uh, you know, when we 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 did a lot of testing early early on with big companies and uh, and one of those tests is a drum test and so a drum test uh, it simulates a really heavy rider on a bike so it simulates like a 280 pound rider on a bike it simulates it, a Robert okay I'm it, on it okay it, <laughs> Robert but then imagine Robert that you're hitting a pothole six times a second oh there you go <laughs> you're hitting a big pothole six times a second and then you're doing that you know for ten thousand kilometers. And oh, wow. you know, imagine, imagine, you know, what you'd feel like after that. No, but, the, <laughs> you know, so in that sort of testing where, you know, we're simulating long-term riding, you know, hitting bumps, um, the wheels, you know, didn't go out of true and, you know, and whereas metal spokes typically would go out of true with that type of riding. So it, it, you know, isn't to say that, that you might need to true your wheels, but it's not, not part of the normal maintenance that you need. So do you think that's because of the elasticity? It. That you know, having a true wheel has to do with the, with strength of the spokes. I mean, you could also kind of rephrase it as elasticity. But mm -hmm. a, a metal spoke, for example, if you if you took a you know metal spoke wheel and you, you took a big hammer and you hit hit the side of the wheel and you dented the spoke, 
well, that spoke is going to be a little bit different than it was before. Yeah, it's a little so, compromised. Yes. And, you know, and it might be compromised or maybe it's just a little bit shorter now because it's got that bend in it. Yeah. That's pull the rim to the side a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you take take one of our wheels, you know, hanging on the wall here that you can see behind me and you hit it with a, a hammer, you're not going to dent, dent the spoke. And so they're not gonna, going to permanently deform um, under some circumstances where steel spokes might permanently deform. You yeah. know, they're going to back to where they were before. And so that means you're not going to true it. Mm -hmm. um, if you know if you get you get in a crash and you you know you do you do somehow permanently deform one of our spokes well in that case then then you might need to true it yeah yeah so how hard is it to cut that material like can i cut it with a pair of scissors you can cut cut it with a good pair of scissors yeah wow so it's like really like that that flexible yeah. then yeah you know you can actually cut a steel spoke with a good pair of scissors too you know okay. uh, and, now i'm not amazed anymore <laughs> but, but when you have it intention but um, but you know, it's kind of interesting thinking of it that way. Cause it almost seems like, well, you know, if I can cut it with a pair of scissors, maybe, maybe they're not that strong, but scissors out on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least I hope you don't. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, they really do hold up, hold up well on the trail. Right. 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 I mean, how, how long have people been riding these? You said 2018. Well, well, the, the first set of wheels are that were built were in mid 2015 and those are my mm -hmm. wheels that are on my mountain bike and they're still on my mountain bike uh -huh. so those are the oldest one five, five and a half years have you ripped a spoke no none of these spokes have broken yeah wow. that's pretty yeah. crazy and then it has the like from that time until now like has your process of creating them or your materials or anything like that changed i assume it's probably gotten better since then yeah it, it's gotten a lot better yeah or you know early on with the first um, spokes we produced, we had some failures, um, mm -hmm. like with the, the bond of the spoke early on. Mm -hmm. Then we did some things to change our manufacturing um, about two years ago, and uh, you know we haven't had any issues. And and so we're we're definitely producing spokes at a much you know higher level than they're they're produced with the first prototypes, which is what mm -hmm. wheels are there that are still on my bike. So you have I, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, I think you have white and black right now, right? That's right. Yep. yep. So, um, how do you order those? Is it you order them individually? Like I could order, you know, thirty-one blacks and one white, and that would. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I, like I said earlier, I'm I'm not like a, a. I've only built one wheel, and my buddy was that owns a hub company was trying to teach me how to do it. I did it for like five minutes, and I was like, "This is something I never want to do with my life." And then he, then he did the rest of it. And, uh, so I, but if, if I remember correctly from things that I've heard people say, like when you are building wheel, like you have to get like a certain length spoke depending on your yeah. hub and whatnot. Yeah. So I, is that the same with yours or do they like adjust somehow because they're, I don't know, like, yeah, well, it's pretty much the same, you know, and that's probably the hardest part of building wheels, just figuring out what spoke lengths you need to build with mm -hmm. in the first place. But um, our our spoke lengths are a little bit different than steel, so they're not the same. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're used to building building wheels, and you know you always built with a 300 millimeter spoke on a set of wheels, mm -hmm. uh, you you would be doing, doing something just slightly different than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, but but we've got a spoke calculator on our website, so people can go on, calculate what spoke lengths they need with their their hubs and rims, and mm -hmm. get the, the exact spoke lengths that they're using. 
No. So you no. just pick the rim on your on your calculator. You're like, hey, I have MV whatevers, and I got you know these Project Three Two Ones or these DT Swiss, and you you guys would know like, oh, okay, well this is the length that you need. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you would you would put in the measurement for the rim. So you know if you're building with a NV rim, you'd go on their website, you'd look at the ERD, you'd put that mm-hmm. in our calculator. And, uh, and, and I assume that's something that like normal will be will wheel builder types would be like, oh, yeah, I know what the RD is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we we modeled our calculator. You know, it looks a lot like a like a DT Swiss calculator, for example. Uh-huh. You know, so people are used to using that. You know, they would go. Got through. it. Got it. Yeah. And and most of the time, though, you know, it's it's bike shops. We love working with bike shops and we've got a lot of uh, retail partners all over the country. And so they're going to be the ones most of the time building wheels. Um, of course, there are some some consumers out there, you know, who might be watching this who say, you know, I love to build wheels. I want to give it a try. And and that's right. really an option too. So. So like, how does that work if like, I don't know, somebody or they go to a shop and the shop like wants to build your wheels. Like, do they, they just, they just call you guys up and get whatever they need. Like it, I guess what I'm asking is like, how do they get the, whatever, training that they need to use that or is there really no difference it's just yeah, well, length. well we've got we've got a an installation guide so you know we've got a, a six page pdf along with some video <laughs> that sounds it's so fun yeah, <laughs> no maybe it's not six pages actually it's probably only two or three <laughs> it doesn't matter i don't want to read but, more than a paragraph personally yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got a new program though too it's called the the bird herd program and uh and so we we're we're certifying wheel builders now, you know, uh-huh. so people who are the best of the best, you know, they can do our certification program, which includes, you know, they've got to pass a test to show that that they know how to build with bird spokes. And uh, I think that's another great thing, you know, just to get these people around around the country who yeah yeah do it. Well, I would imagine as a mechanic type person, like with any job, like if you have other certifications, you can put that on your resume and it just, you know, it looks better and good for yeah. you. To have. Yeah. And you get a cool t-shirt too. So. <laughs> there you go. Does yeah. that cost something for them to do that or? No, no, but it's, um, it doesn't cost anything for them to do it. Um, but it is selective. So they've got to be, you know, they've got to prove that they're the best to, to become. Mm-hmm. Part of it. How do they do that? Well, well, you, I mean, they got to pass the test uh-huh. and, uh, and and also they've got to have a, a BBI um, spoke lacing certificate, mm-hmm. um, you know. So the Barnett Bicycle Institute has, um, you know, has courses to, you know, so that you know they have a lot of different courses, but you yeah, know, specifically for building wheels. So if you pass that course, however you take that course, then you get a certificate. Yeah, and then so they you guys want to see that they at least have that before you yeah. can yeah. convert. Yeah, okay. yeah, good prerequisite. You know. I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. So where do you guys come up with the name Bird from? Bike Nerd. Bike Nerd. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. You, you got a little bird in the logo. How'd you guys come up with the logo? Yeah, you know, uh we wanted something that kind of emulated, you know, you know, birds as well as, you know, as well as the, you know, B E R D, but you know, just because that's uh, you know, we think that well, obviously birds are lightweight, you know, it kind of yeah. fits the, same, the same design. So um, so, so we had, uh, you know, some, someone more creative than myself <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> come up with some ideas for us and help us. Help That's us super cool. It. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody on here is asking, uh, same tension as regular spokes or higher tension or. 
Yeah, same same tension. Um, we we recommend building with our spokes on just about every rim to 100, 100 kilograms or a thousand newtons. Uh-huh. Um, the same same as metal spokes. Um, but uh, you know we we've done a lot of testing around tension too, and our mm-hmm. our spokes can handle lower tensions than metal spokes, and so you don't really have to to worry about it. It's you know not tension doesn't play a big um, factor in the performance of wheels. You can have mm-hmm. a little bit higher, a little bit lower tension, and you'll still get the same performance out of the wheels. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's super interesting. I was just thinking to myself, like, I mean, on an aluminum rim, would that compress at all? Like, if you hit something big, like it, like would, like your, your, will your like spokes kind of slacken up and then? Yeah, well, all, all spokes will. So if you hit you, if you hit something big, and you've got enough force to to offset the force that the the tension, you know, the tension that the spokes are on, then you'll then they will go out of tension. We have yeah. a cool video of that on our Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, you know, plug for our Instagram. You should yeah, totally. Follow, follow at Bird Spokes if you don't already. Right. Um, we've got a cool video showing um, our impact testing. Mm-hmm. And what we do for impact testing is we take a, a big weight and and we drop it on the rims, and then the you know you can watch actually see it's in slow mo, and you can see the spokes go out of tension, and then go back into tension again. Mm-hmm. You know, in that case, it didn't didn't break the rim, but we'll do it all the way up to to breaking the rims intentionally. How much weight does it take to do that? Well, it's more, it's really more about, um, you know, about energy, uh-huh. about impact energy, because you could take a little weight and, and just throw it really fast, like a bullet, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> drop tower. So you, you know, use like gravity, do the work and let it drop on the rims, but you could take a little weight and drop it from a high height or a big one. Yeah. Full height. So it's an energy. And so, you know, and of course, this doesn't mean anything to anyone, but the, the UCI impact criteria for a rim is 40 joules. Uh-huh. Of energy and um you know but we'll test rims all the way up to you know 160 joules or so before they mm-hmm. they fail in some cases and uh you know it, it's it's like a you know a, a real big guy going off a much bigger drop than he should be and right. know, <laughs> that those it's really a lot of a lot of impact um, yeah yeah and because in this you know when you when you see this video it's um you know, everything is fixed, right? So the rim is, you know, it's held in place, um, you know, and the weight's just, you know, falling down and crashing on the rim, which is a lot different than than what you encounter in riding where, you know, you, you get to give a lot because you're on your bike, you know. You're yeah, not. yeah, totally. So I, the main reason I asked that was because on a, a metal spoke, like the more you bend metal, the the less, like it, it doesn't, it, it does, only has so many bends to it before it's not bending anymore. You, you know what I mean? So like you lose strength in that metal spoke every time that that happens. Is that yeah. accurate? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, steel, when steel goes completely unloaded, so it goes totally out of tension, right. tension in the back end of tension, um, you know, and especially on a J-bend spoke, you know, where you've got that spoke bending right where it's yeah. out of the hub, um, that that's where, where they'll fail. Um, you know, and it's because of, of that cyclic loading where, you know, it's, yeah. it's bending back and forth every time. Yeah. It's you're, like when you're trying to break something, you know, and you just like, like a hanger and you just yeah. bend it over and over and over right. again yeah. and eventually it snaps. Right. So that's basically like yeah. kind of what's happening on, on your rims then essentially. So, so the likelihood of your rim, your, your spokes breaking is much lower in that instance. Right. So, what about like, just like, 
I mean, I guess you'd have to drag the hell out of them on some rocks before you like cut through it, you know? Yeah. But no, you, can, you know, um, I mean, there, people have had failures from, uh, you know, from getting a derailleur hanger going in, you know, going into the spokes. You know, there, mm -hmm. there's, there's times when, when our spokes break, you know, they're not, they're, they're not indestructible, you know, no, right. no spoke is going to be indestructible, but yeah, um, but it, it is rare. So with carbon wheels now too, man, you could, you could break a handful of spokes before you actually in trouble. Yeah. I mean, not to say that I've ridden a bike with two spokes missing for a month or two, but <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but that's definitely the, the carbon is like so much more rigid than the aluminum are. You take yeah. a couple of spokes out of aluminum wheels and they they're 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 losing their rigidity pretty quickly. I saw yeah. a video with a guy like whenever I was first thinking about carbon and it was like they had a carbon hoop in one hand and an aluminum hoop in the other and they kind of like were using them to hold themselves off the ground and like the aluminum one just buckles like instantly. Like yeah. the, the carbon one the guy actually could hold himself is like weight up. The yeah. aluminum one is like it's 100% like using that spoke strength to give it its rigidity, you know? Yeah. 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 It's kind of crazy. When I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm not really tripping about this carbon wheel thing anymore. You know, that, like, you know, when carbon first started coming on market, everybody was like, yeah. I don't trust this stuff. You know, yeah. I'm sure you're running into the same thing because it's like, you know, a new, a new thing. Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, carbon, we, we do a lot of testing with carbon rims here that we use on our, wheels some of these real wheels you can see behind me are some of our bird our bird branded wheels and um you know even even when we intentionally break them um they st they're still round for the most mm -hmm. part you know yeah. <laughs> you would uh you know you you'd probably want to get off your bike and see what the heck's going on you know but but you know it's uh it's a pretty amazing material for the rims too yeah i i um you know just recently i had Another one of those questions, you know, where somebody has trying to like make sense of whether or not they should buy a carbon bike over an aluminum bike. And it just amazes me that like the, the apprehension to it, because in so many different ways, at least in my eyes, it's like a way better material. It just makes sense, you know? And, and I think that, do you think it was probably from like the original carbon that maybe it was had more failures so people were just worried about it what do you think that is uh i don't know i mean i i think i think the fact that carbon can um you know can crack just makes yeah. it seem, seem like it you know instead of denting it cracks i think that that's what makes it seem like it's um maybe you know maybe not as strong yeah but if you dent it like that's the same as a crack like the aluminum is weaker there then yeah you, you know like if you're gonna if you're going to um you know if you're gonna crack a, a carbon frame or whatever it is you know your aluminum frame is going to be toast before then so right um yeah that, that's the kind of thing that i always tell people too and that they're just i don't know to me I, I i'm a bigger dude i mean right now i've lost some weight i'm at you know right around 260 and like the frame not flexing is huge like i can tell that immediately you, you know what i mean the way that just on sitting on the bike and the way that i'm like pushing down on the pedals you can you can watch the the bottom bracket sway on an aluminum bike and maybe there's some reasons that you want that you know but for me at least the way that i ride i don't want that you know yeah 
Well, you probably shouldn't push me too much on products other than mine because then I start. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, man. We're, we're just talking about bikes, though. So no, I, mean, I, no yeah, I know. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, just so you guys, you guys have your own wheels then as well, huh? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, what we found is that, you know, we wanted, we really want to get our product out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the, the thing is, is, you know, so you asked about how does a bicycle shop build with our spokes? Mm -hmm. Well, what do they do? They, you know, they get some components and they measure the components. They, you know, they give us a call or send us an email. They place an order with us. Or maybe they place an order with BTI, who distributes our spokes. Mm -hmm. uh, they get something in hand, they build a wheel, you know, it's kind of a long process for a bike mm -hmm. to do that. And that, and a consumer, for it is selling spokes, you know, it's a long process for a consumer to to get some some wheels with bird spokes. Mm -hmm. That's why we, you know, we we knew that we had to we had to build bird wheels too, so that we can, you know, we can have bike shops stock our product. So mm -hmm. that you know, if you want to go out and ride, you can order a set of our wheels that we have, you know, here in stock or can make very mm -hmm. quickly. Um, and so you know, so we offer a few different wheel sets right now for for gravel and for for mountain biking oh cool so gravel and mountain biking and yeah. i think when i was looking at mountain biking you kind of had like a like an xc wheel and an, an all mountain kind of like a little beefier one right yeah yeah we've got our xc25 which is the lightest set that that we sell and the tr27 um you know more of an all mountain set and uh and and uh you know more durable for big guys yeah how did you go about um i mean making this this wheel did you develop your own or are you like rebranding some from some company that kind of makes them or I don't, I don't know how that works yeah well we we um you know we went through a process to decide what what manufacturer we were going to work with uh-huh to, to produce our rims and you know of course we don't produce our rims here right um, those are made overseas and and uh and so you know we went through our our process to to you know develop wheels by you know, through impact testing and mm -hmm. torque fatigue testing to develop something that's going to be the, um, you know, to, to match with our spokes in terms of weight to, to make something as light as possible that's going to be a super durable wheel. Um, and so, so that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, oh God, I had the most amazing question. And then, <laughs> don't you love it when that happens? yeah <laughs> so um god i can't come up with it it's just gone i, I was hoping that it was like here it comes nope it's not coming anywhere yeah. you know i did have a question earlier that i saw on the screen it was one that i thought myself as well i'm like a matchy matchy kind of bling guy is there a reason that there's only black and white or are you planning on more colors in the future or yeah yeah definitely more colors are possible you know so the the our black spokes are coated so we mm -hmm. we produce white spokes and they're and they're coated black. Um, mm -hmm. the material itself, you know, is is white. Oh, okay. Uh, carbon fiber is black. This material is white, and so that's that's why we make white spokes, and um, and you know and black spokes. And it's it's definitely possible to do other colors, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that may be something available from us down the line. It's also something a, a customer could do themselves if they were you know really interested in a different color. You just spray paint them or something like that. Rattle can them. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you, you could, um, you know, and they're they're pretty robust in terms of, um, of you know, spraying things on them. It's not really going to cause any issue to them. But, 
but actually a uh, you know a good material that people want to do that wanted to do it themselves is uh, yeah. alcohol-based inks, and so uh-huh. you know, it's uh, you know it's 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 basically the ink that you would find in a sharpie. You know, it, oh, wow. it does a pretty good job. Um, you know, coloring the spokes a different color. You know, so you just like have a jar of that and just drop all the spokes in there and just let it sit in it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could dip coat them. Yeah, that's what I would call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll just put it in there, shake it up, and it's good to go, right? <laughs> yeah. So, if you were to do, so, I guess with the black ones as well, it's the same question. So that color then is like through all the fibers. So you're not going to nick it, and then it's going to be white, or would it? If you nick it, it is going to be white. Well, it, it's a coating on the fibers. Uh-huh. So the spoke is actually made of of thousands of these, of tiny fibers, you know, small smaller than your hair. And yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Together. Yeah. And, so the coating, when when we produce spokes with our black coating, the coating is actually, um, you know, it's not inside the fibers themselves, but it's inside all the little you know pieces in between all of these fibers, which which right. does in place pretty well. And um, if you know if you if you sit there and you you know you're really rubbing on the spokes a lot, you know you're scraping and rubbing, you'll get you know the black will turn into a little bit less black over time. Um, yeah. But but you know actually spokes don't don't get much wear wear and tear practically um, right and it's you know really not not an issue yeah it's definitely not something that's like normal you know what i mean but i mean i know if i looked at my my wheels there's probably a few spots on my spokes where they're like shiny instead of yeah instead of you know whatever black paint that's on their anodized or whatever they do on spokes but yeah well you know if you're really into touching up your bike you know you probably know that you can, uh, you know, things that are black, they're easy to make look black again. Right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I just cover mine in mud and then I never have to see any of it. And then when I yeah. wash my bike, I'm or like, Oh going, crap, there's scratches everywhere. You should be going so fast that, you know, that nobody <laughs> would ever notice anyways. Right on, man. What kind of bike do you ride, dude? Well, yeah. Well, so since it's winter and I'm in Minnesota, um, I, uh, I did, I did just get a brand new, Otso Voitech, uh-huh. uh, which is a is an awesome fat bike, and uh, I know I know that you know you're in California, so you've probably never even seen a fat bike before. No, there's actually a bunch because I'm pretty close to Tahoe, so I have some okay. friends that, that live up that way, and they fat bike all winter, and then yeah, um, then because they they he was telling me my one buddy he's like there's a bunch of like snowmobile trails, so then it's like as soon as snowmobile guys go through, then they can just ride right on top of their tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun for you know three months out of the year that that you can do it here in Minnesota and probably similar in uh, Tahoe. I, I just started this year, so it's it's pretty great. And the uh, and in the summer, I I have I've got a a track hardtail that I you know rip around the trails around here. Um, uh-huh. And uh, but it it's it's a kind of an ancient bike in terms of <laughs> bike mountain bike technology right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey man, if you have something that works, there's no reason to stop using yeah. it, right? Well, you know, and it's got it's got the the oldest bird wheels on it that uh, wouldn't be compatible with with today's hubs, you know, yeah, through axles. So so it's it's fun to keep riding that one. Is that an old twenty six inch wheel? No, it's it's twenty nine. But oh, there you go. You know, it's got disc brake rotors, but it, it's got uh, quick release, and so it's a hundred millimeter front. Yeah, yeah, quick release. Yeah, I got a set of wheels hanging from my garage in here that are like the quick release on the rear and the front's a lefty hub too. I'm like, 
try to find somebody to buy those in 26 at that. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm going to have to figure out some kind of like art to make out of them or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you can, uh, you could keep the rims, get new hubs and rebuild them with bird spokes. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. And they're white, they're white rims too. So it would work out just perfectly. Yeah. So one of the guys is asking here uh, in, in the comments about Rocknicks. He says he's in Arizona and they're always kicking up all kinds of sharp rocks. Yeah. You, usually, usually kicking up rocks into the spoke isn't an issue, you know? So if you're, um, if you're hitting rocks that are flying up, you know, because they're, they don't have a lot of, you know, weight against yeah. them because they're not sitting on the ground. It's not an issue. You know, if you're crashing into things that that are, you know, a fixed permanent sharp rock on the trail, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's possible that could cause damage. But usually, usually things flying up into the spokes doesn't cause a problem. Mm -hmm. So if you if you went if you had these, let's just say um, you had some some bird wheels and you broke a spoke, you could just go to the bike shop. The bike shop would call you guys get a spoke sent to them, whatever, and they'd be yep. able to figure it out from there. It wouldn't be really any kind of difficult yeah. to get it. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the nice thing too, is that that BTI, so that BTI is a distributor that most bicycle shops buy from, mm -hmm. you know, they, they've got them in stock too. And so, you know, you get, if you need to get it right away, chances are, you know, they're going to be able to ship a little bit faster than, than we mm -hmm. would shop. And they've already gotten an account with them. So what kind of, warranty is there with them like is i don't know i i would imagine regular spokes don't have a warranty either so i don't know if there's any kind of warranty with yours well we we have a we have a five-year warranty against manufacturing defects so and like a, a material ripped off the nipple thingy or something yeah like yeah exactly yep and so we've you know we've we've over designed that now so that that is never designed to fail mm -hmm. you know that's not not the weak point of the the spoke that bond between the steel and the polymer, you mm -hmm. know, but if that ever failed, that would certainly be covered under warranty. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, but, but, uh, but there's really not, you know, if you, if you got in a crash or something, you know, um, it, and you, and you broke a rim, the thing is you can actually rebuild with the same spokes. And oh, so yeah, that you, makes sense. You, yeah. You like a, a metal spoke wheel, right. If you, you crash the rim, you're going to bend the spokes and you're going to want to build with two spokes. Yeah. But when we do, you know, we were talking about impact testing. When we do impact testing, we'll take and we'll, we'll crash a rim, unlace it from, unlace the hub from the rim. We'll put a new rim on, you know, crash it again, you know, intentionally break the rim and just do that over and over and over. So um, that is a, a cool thing. And, 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 the, and it's really the, the nice thing about spokes is you're, you're never going to, you know, even if you did crash, there's no way you're going to break them all, right? Right. So yeah. If you had to replace a spoke, it's not any big cost. You know, it's a lot different than a breaking a rim or or a hub. That's a good. That that's a good point there. I mean, because you get a new set of wheels, it's like I don't know what what are spokes normally like a buck, two bucks a piece. Yeah, it depends what you buy. You know, like high end spokes like Save them CX rays might be three or four bucks. Um, okay. But you know, cheaper spokes are are a buck. Yeah, I have no idea. Like I said, dude, I just go, I'm like, here's my carbon rim, build this so that it supports my fat ass. You yeah. know, so like I, I, whatever it costs, dude, I'll pay that, you know? So let's just say on the high end, so it's four bucks a spoke. What what are your spokes run? Eight bucks a spoke. Really? So a little bit yeah. more then. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you're building a high end wheel and, a you know, the set of spokes costs 
five hundred dollars. Um, but but you know you that's that's half the price of an NV rim, for example. You know, mm-hmm. it's half the price of one NV rim, or you know, it's it's less than than um, less than a set of hubs. Mm-hmm. And so you think about the savings that you're getting, the the performance that you're getting. You compare it to the rims and the hubs. Um, yeah, I can think of a lot of things that people spend a lot more money on to lose a half a pound on their bike. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and it might not be rotational weight either. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, th- I, I, like to me, I thought about it like in the weight savings aspect. Like, I was like, oh well, I really love running Kushcore, and they add weight to the wheel. But if yeah. you could take some weight off with your spokes, I'm like, well, now I can get a still a lighter wheel, but and have my cush core in it, you know? Yeah. So that, that's kind of one of those things I was thinking about. What about your, 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 um, your wheels themselves? What, what kind of warranty do you have on those? Cause a lot of the manufacturers now are doing kind of like a lifetime replacement type of deal. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing the same things with five year warranty uh-huh. um, on the rims and the hubs. And we're, our, all of our bird wheels are, are built or, I'm sorry, on the rims and the spokes, and all of our bird wheels are built with Industry 9 hubs, which also have the, the Industry 9 hub warranty. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But so five years on the rim itself then. Yeah. Right on. And then, man, that's, that's, that's still decent. So what's what's the set of your, like, all-mountain wheels cost then? They're eighteen ninety five. So under two grand for a carbon set of carbon wheels. What's the uh, inner diameter on, on your mountain bike wheels so the the tr27s that's a 27 millimeter okay yeah and then what was so that's the the all or um that's the xc then that's the whole mountain set and then the xc set is a 25 oh wow yeah do you have plans to go a little bit on the the wider side because it seems to be the kind of the trend of the market yeah, we, we do. Um, so we have an, a new wheel set, a uh, 30 millimeter internal that, that's coming out this this year. Oh, right on. Yeah. You excited about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so we've got we've got that we've got. And then we've also got a road set coming out, too. So, you uh-huh. know, right now we just have gravel, which um, which is a hookless bead, not meant for high pressures. But we've, we've got a road set that's great for climbing or or road and gravel you know, combined. What does that mean, hookless bead? Like I said, I'm not like a super techie person. The 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 rims have um, have a, you know traditionally rims have a, a hook on them to hold the tire. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Then okay, the tire you know pops down yeah. into there, and and that's required if you want to have rims that can that can stand high pressures. So the road wheels are that, that way. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. road wheels. Um, but yeah. but. But the trend has been, you know, going to wider rims, lower pressures, and um, you know, and tubeless, of course, and, yeah. and mountain bike rims. You, know, they don't have have a, a hook anymore. And then, yeah, yeah, some some road rims that are wider now will have like a mid hook where you know it's designed to to go up to to sixty or ninety psi, and then you know, then a, a more a full hook would be to to hold the tire on so you can go up to one hundred and twenty psi on the road. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, the gravel ones? Are those like tubeless ready, or are they? Yeah, yep. So the gravel, they're they're hookless bead. They're tubeless ready. You know, they're designed for um, you know low pressures, and you know because you're putting on wider tires and riding gravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have 
a gravel bike as well. And I, I definitely, um, I need to put my wire tires back on. I had like a set of slicks that I used to like ride road with them. And then I just switch them back and forth, you know? And the last time I put the slicks on, I'm like, I don't feel like changing those anymore. So, <laughs> so yeah. I haven't been riding much dirt on the gravel bike, just road stuff. So yeah, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's so the next bike I need to get, I need to get a gravel bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you said you used to be a roadie, so it's like barely a step away from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it is cool though. I, I think that it's, it's cool to have that ability to kind of like pop off onto a trail and, you know, obviously not something super techie, but it's definitely, have you ridden one before? A gravel bike? Yeah. I, I guess I would say no. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, really weird riding on a dirt trail and having your brakes down in the hooks. Like, so like, I don't, it's, yeah. every time that I've done it, my mind is like, Oh crap. Where do I pull the brakes at? You know? Cause I, most of the time I'm riding that with my hands, like in mountain bike position. Right. I, I don't get down yeah. into the drops very much, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe on account of my beer belly, that's probably what's stopping me, but <laughs> no, but like realistically, I just don't ride down there. So like, yeah, the braking is definitely, I mean, obviously, yeah, you can have your hands up in the hooks, but it's just really weird for me when I'm on the trail on that bike. Like I, I yeah. have to like wrap my head around it, you know, yeah, it feels a lot like cycle cross riding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I even considered like, what if I just got some like hipstery looking kind of handlebars instead? Cause like I said, I like never get down in the drops. I really, I just not like, I don't care about it that much. You know, like I'm not like super arrow kind of guy. Like yeah. if I was like, maybe I would, I would, I would lose more weight, but like realistically, like I still ride in, like I ride in my, my mountain bike clothes when I'm road riding. I don't even give a shit. You know, like I'm just yeah. not one of those like spandexy kind of persons, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have been at it now for, this will be going into your sixth year. Is there anything that you look back on that you like wish you would have done differently? No, no, not, not really. I mean, I, I think that I, I, I made the switch to full-time at this company at about the right time. You uh -huh. know, I did that three years ago and uh, definitely haven't looked back since, you know, we've really been, been growing um, quickly since then. I, I suppose, you know, maybe make, maybe even trying to make that switch sooner so that we just would have gotten started a little sooner would have been, mm -hmm. been awesome. But, um, you know, I'm really happy with the way, way we're growing as a company. It's been been really really fun over the last few years so. so so you said originally it was like you and a couple of your buddies or like how how, yeah. how many people are you how many people are bird now yeah so there's seven of us now at, at bird um and uh you know we well we we just uh had a new person come on to to do all of our customer service which oh, is, right on. is great and uh which means i'll be doing less of that so yeah so <laughs> in the past um you know i i'd be the one answering the phone most of the time here uh -huh. um, but uh but but that's not the case although if, you know anyone uh wants to call and talk to me tomorrow just feel free to yeah. <laughs> give us a call and ask for charlie and you can yeah. but still but but yeah there, there's seven of us um now um you know combined throughout the company so what how you said it was three three of you guys originally yeah yeah How'd you guys get to know each other? 
we uh, we all knew each other in college, so we're uh-huh. we're all all buddies at the at the University of Minnesota, uh-huh. uh, where we all did our did our undergrad, and uh, and uh, we we continued to uh, see each other through our our yearly ski trips. Uh, oh, there you go. Out west, and we we did a little biking together too. Still, when uh, you know, after I I moved out to Pennsylvania for grad school, and they you know they kind of did their separate things, but uh, but we that's how we sort of maintained friendships. And and now I'm back. Now we're all back in Minnesota, of course. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm back here. I'm I'm uh, originally from from Minnesota. So uh-huh. It's a. I know one of the subscribers that was on earlier. He's in that area. Or he's in Minnesota. I mean, I'm like I'm saying it like it's a city. No, it's a state guy. <laughs> but yeah. he, I saw something in the comments that he was saying that he used to live close to to Hopkins. Is what he said. Is oh, that where you are? You said you're in Hopkins. Yep. Yeah, we're in Hopkins. Yeah, he yeah. said he used to live in Hopkins too. Right on, man. So, um, what are you looking forward to in the future? Well, we're looking forward to you know really just getting our product out there, working with more and more um, manufacturers, mm-hmm. you know, getting getting bird spokes um, on as many bikes and wheels as possible. You know, mm-hmm. we uh, we're we're super excited about um, you know, some of these new partnerships that we have mm-hmm. going right now. We Atomic Carbon in Florida, they they've been. Um, building with our spokes now for for about a year, and uh, we we just started a new par- partnership with Head and Onyx here in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Which is pretty cool on on the the fat biking side of things, which again I, I know isn't super popular anywhere except for the Midwest. But <laughs> um, I'll tell you, I see them around, man. Like honestly, yeah. like, you would be surprised. Like even today, I saw somebody riding a fat bike. Like it, yeah. I don't know, like, you know, it's probably a lot more popular there. You, you know what I mean? But it's definitely like yeah. they're coming all over the place. So, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, that that is really cool. And I think there's going to be more and more of those, you know, that you're going to see coming out um, this year where, you know, you're going to see see Bird working with um, some of these different, other big, big wheel companies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's super yeah. exciting. So, how are you guys working on getting the word out then? Just like by making partnerships with these other brands, or is like some kind of marketing or like sponsoring some people, or like what, what's your what's your plan that way? Yeah, well, you know, lately we've been we've been growing pretty fast. That mm-hmm. that we've uh, you know not even not even wanted to try to grow too fast, just because you know right. so that our manufacturing and our company can can keep up. Keep yeah, up yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of it at this point, honestly, a lot of it tends to be word of mouth, you mm-hmm. know, and, and our returning customers. Um, we've got we've got our our monthly emails that we send out to you know people who signed up to our to our email list, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've got our you know our bird Instagram, bird Facebook. Um, but uh, honestly, a lot of it a lot of it is at this point, you know, word of mouth. People going to going into a bike shop. The bike shop maybe never heard a bird before. You know, mm-hmm. they give us a call, they get set up, and then you know now people start going into the shop and uh, and you know maybe seeing our wheels hanging up. Yeah, I mean it's pretty easy to talk about once you see it. Like once you see like the spaghetti mess in a in a hub, you're like, what is that? You know. And then if you're talking to somebody like like Richard, for those of you guys that don't know, the guy that showed me these wheels originally is Richard from Stickered. I was riding with him down in uh, UC Santa Cruz. 
of course, on all the legitimate trails and um, or the legitimate legitimate trail, whatever it is. <laughs> He's a big dude. Legitimate trails. <laughs> yeah, he's a big dude, though. I mean, I mean, Richard's not not a small guy. Like he's easy, easily a two fifty, two sixty guy as well. And for and and not only like is he a big dude, like he's a pretty damn aggressive rider. Like I'll see him hit some some big drops, and like he he's 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 definitely putting his wheels through some abuse, right? You know, anytime you put a big guy like us on on a bike, like we're we're putting some tension on there. That's not typical to everybody else right and uh i was really impressed with everything that he had to say i mean he had nothing negative to say at all and um usually richard's good at coming up with some negative shit no <laughs> but no like like joking aside like uh it, it definitely you know it sounds very intriguing, you know, and I can see how it's going, going to continue, you know, taking off that way. Now, my question is, um, you know, so Richard, he, he, he uh, makes a living making stickers for, mm -hmm. for bikes, right? Did he have some big bird stickers that he had made and put on his wheels? I don't remember, you know, actually the thumbnail that I used for this picture yeah. is the thumbnail for the, um, the video. Uh, I don't know what I just said a second ago, but it was. Oh, oh those are his wheels. Yeah, 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 those are his wheels. And I'm trying to think. He probably has the name of the carbon, or is yeah, that is yeah. it, or is that bird wheels altogether? Well, no, no, those are Envy wheels that we we built for him. Oh, you laced them up. Okay, we rebuilt, rebuilt his Envy wheels. I'm I'm you, kind of joking because I, but but you know, if Richard sees this, I think we should we should be sure to ask him to you know yeah. make his own bird logos bigger than he's ever made for any wheel before because yeah he definitely needs to do that i've seen him make some pretty cool ones actually now that i think about it he does have envy stickers on there because he he yeah. did something where like the last e on the envy like goes all the way over to yeah. like next e on the envy it so goes about halfway around the wheel yeah 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 no and it looks it's eye-catching it's definitely that bike is is a pretty damn sick bike to look at and i mean between the wheels the decals and then he's got that trust fork on there too that thing is just like silly to look at but he's in love with that thing so i've only ridden it around like the neighborhood and that fork is like really it's interesting because like when you're pedaling it feels like you're on a rigid fork you know like it doesn't have the bob that you're used to but then you run it into a curb and it's like it works you know it's like really like kind of like when i was talking about the handlebars with the gravel bike earlier it's like it just kind of messes with your head yeah and i think you have to learn how to ride it a little differently too because like i tried to like bunny hop and it was like the preloading like i was expecting the preload the fork but because it's like when you're pushing down on it it's not it's not compressing you know what i mean it's it's compressing when it's being pushed backwards right does that make sense yeah so it's like, I just remember when I went to like hop, I was like, oh, that didn't feel the way I expected it to. Like you had to kind of like retrain yourself on it a little bit. Yeah. Right on, man. What kind of things do, uh, do what, what's like one of the most normal questions that you get about, about your, your spokes when you're explaining them to people? You know, some of your questions, you know, how, how does a flexible spoke, um, work in a wheel if it's flexible you know that's always a, a great question um when people ask more about the physics of wheels how how wheels actually work and uh i i think it's pretty neat 
you know, and I can go into my engineering explanation of how a, how a wheel works, you know, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty neat. And, yeah, that's uh, true, man. And you know, when when you're when you've got a wheel that's in tension, and all the spokes are in tension, and you're riding your wheel, you know, you might think that you're hanging from your spokes, right? You've got your hub sitting in the center of the spokes. It's it's uh it's just hanging from the rim, you know, and the top mm -hmm. the top spokes are supporting it. Mm -hmm. um, but but what's kind of cool, I think, is that you're you're actually not hanging from your spokes. You're standing on your spokes, mm -hmm. which which is really neat and sort of counterintuitive. You know, once once they're in tension, you're standing on your bottom spokes when you're riding the wheel. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, that makes so, sense. So it actually it does act like a you know you think of an old wooden wagon wheel. It actually acts like that, where the spoke that's on the bottom, that spoke is getting compressed. Um, but since it's already in tension, you can you can compress it and it doesn't go out of tension. Mm -hmm. and, and so what what that actually means is if you if you sit on your bike and you measure the tension of the spokes on the bottom of the wheel, those spokes will have a little bit lower tension than all the rest of the spokes in the wheel because you're standing you're standing on them and your weight is being supported by by those spokes on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting to think about that way. I, I actually probably would have never thought about that in my entire life if you didn't explain it. But once you did, I'm like, oh, okay, I got it now. Yeah. yeah. But you know the. The biggest thing that the people, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about the weight, right? But the mm -hmm. biggest thing people care about is the vibration damping. And there's a there's a lot of a lot of people in the bike industry making things now that are more comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. that that make it so that you can you can go out and ride 250 miles on gravel and you don't just shake your arms off, you know, and you don't just have mm -hmm. that feeling for the rest of the day of you know have being beaten up by you know by a bumpy road. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like using the freaking like sawzall for like three hours, and then you know, the rest of the day feels like your arms are still vibrating. Yeah. So, yeah. so we we have customers who give us a call. You know, a customer called not long ago who has arthritis in his hands. You know, and he's riding our our bird wheels, and you know, he just says, you know, it's just unbelievable how how different it is. You know, because I've got arthritis in my hands, and you know, I can only ride so far before. You know, I can't hold on to the handlebars before, you know, mm -hmm. hold on to the handlebars anymore. And, um, that, you know, that's the big thing I think that, that a lot of people ask about now, especially, you know, maybe people who are a little bit older, mm -hmm. um, you know, but still want to, you know, ride the bike as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Would there be any difference in using these on like a e-bike wheel compared to a regular wheel or? Well, well, you know, a lot of times e-bikes are made with with even thicker gauge spokes than uh -huh. tip on on normal bikes. Mm -hmm. So we don't um, we don't produce anything right now for an e-bike because we only make fourteen gauge spokes. You know, mm -hmm. we don't make anything that's stronger than a um, substantially stronger than a normal steel spoke. Mm -hmm. But but you know you'll if if you're on you know if you're on an e mountain bike you know and you're you're racing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know you want a faster bike, well, well, heck yeah, you should get lighter wheels. You know you're going to be able to accelerate faster. Um, mm -hmm. um, but I, I think at this point, most of those wheels are designed with um, with thicker spokes. So we're just you know we're not we're not doing anything with e-bikes yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I just kind kind of came to mind because there's definitely a you know a big e-bike yeah. market happening i would imagine you guys are probably seeing a bunch of them back there where you're at as well oh yeah yeah, yeah definitely oh, yeah. 
you, you always know as an e-bike when, you know, you look at the person and say, should you really be passing? Does it look like you're pedaling hard enough, you know, to pass yeah. on this trail? Yeah. The worst is whenever I'm like, oh, man, I'm killing this climb, dude. I'm like, freaking PR this climb. This is going to be awesome. And then some dude goes by and is like doing bump jumps on some rock next to you on his way up the hill. And you're like, what? Yeah. Oh, man. They probably get the motor if they're doing that. Right. I talked <laughs> to the, dude, the other. You just hope they have a motor so that you know it doesn't make you look bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I need to just get like maybe I just get a little speaker on my bike that makes that whine, and then people will be like, "Oh man, this guy's really slow." <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Is there? Are you guys? Um, thinking about something else on the bike or we're you know we're we're still pretty focused on on spokes and wheels mm -hmm. you know there's um i think there's a you know a big opportunity to really get our product out there and mm -hmm. uh, you know and, and getting a, a lot of people to use our spokes and so so we're we're pretty focused on that for now um, mm -hmm. and even though there may be be other opportunities on the bike um you know we're uh we're kind of sticking with spokes and wheels at this point. yeah yeah totally yeah no i mean i i don't feel like it's a bad spot to be i mean you can't yeah. ride a bike without wheels so yeah. <laughs> they're not going anywhere for at least any time in the in the near future so yeah yeah um what what would you like to see happen you know in the next couple of years then well you know i think we'll just We'd like to see our company continue to grow, mm -hmm. you know, continue to have more partnerships with, um, you know, with with wheel manufacturers, and uh, you know, really see our product um, hanging up in in all the bike shops across the country. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <clears throat> that's exciting, man. I'm I'm really stoked that that we had the opportunity to talk. Is there anything else that you feel like that I should have asked you? I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's always like 10 minutes from now. You're like, what? yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm, I am really excited to like see where it goes to tell you the truth, man, because everything it's, there's certain products that when you talk to somebody about them, it just really makes sense. And I feel like this is one of those, you know, like I, I, it makes sense, you know, I really like the idea of what you said earlier too about you can get another hoop and you don't need to buy new new spokes, you know, like you can just put them on there. I mean, as soon as long as you're riding that bike, I mean, you could break that rim and it doesn't matter. And I would imagine like me or like other people nowadays, it's like you buy a really nice set of wheels and maybe when you get rid of that bike, you buy some crappy wheels and put on it. Or you just sell the bike without the wheels. You know, you take take your wheels with you to your next next bike. At least, you know, that's my plan most of the time. Yeah. Well, the other the other you know cool thing is that is a a fairly easy way to get started with bird spokes is to take your existing wheel, mm -hmm. spoke it with bird spokes. You know, and you have a wheel that's you know better than your wheel was brand new, right? And but it, but it only costs you a third that it would cost to to buy a brand new set of wheels. And then yeah, that's a good point. Know, yeah. Then when you are ready for a brand new set of wheels, then, you know, well, then you can do that too. But. Right. Yeah. So what would a, what would a set of the spokes cost? Like if you were doing a project like that? Well, if, 
you know, we, and we have that available on our website. We have, you know, it's called bird wheel rebuilding. And mm-hmm. so you know, it's, it's five to 600 bucks depending mm-hmm. on, on how many spokes you have on your wheels to, yeah, yeah. to, to revamp them with, yeah. with the best spokes in the world. But then you would, at that point, you'd be dropping, you know, maybe a half a pound of weight, which is really going to make a difference on like, cause that, that's, that's affecting your rotational. Yeah. Yeah. Speed. Yeah. So it'd, it'd be like taking, you know, but double or triple that weight off anywhere else on your bike. Could you explain rotational speed to people? Or is that well, maybe not too deep? Or is that too well, deep? For- well, you know, when, when you're trying to get going, you've got um, inertia. And, and so if you're, you've got inertia comes in multiple forms, you've got ro- both rotational inertia, which is on your, your wheels. And then you've got translational inertia, which is just, you know, moving horizontally across the ground. And so, so that inertia, if you add up both of those things, you know, so on the wheels, you get, you have to move, move them translationally, but also rotationally. So you add both of those things up to get them going. And that's why, that's why it takes more effort to, you know, to move your wheels than it does to to move your frame, because in that case, you don't, you know, you only have that translational component. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Same thing with the 29ers, you know, that's a little, little bit more mass to move around too, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you said earlier you're a 29er guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Does that put me into a special category? <laughs> I don't know, man. Everybody has their own thing. It's like religion with bikes, isn't it? People get all like excited yeah. about it. I guess I probably like, tur- like ruffled a few feathers with my aluminum versus carbon conversation we had earlier. So, <laughs> Yeah. Are you, are you, are you an aluminum believer still or? Well, it was, you know, I, I've got the, the new, um, Otto Wojtek. I told you about that fat bike. And so that's a carbon fat bike, which is, you know, amazing. And that's, it's considered considerably lighter than my, than my aluminum hardtail, um, Mm -hmm. that, that I'm still riding. So is your fat bike full suspension or is it rigid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally rigid. So not even a fork then, huh? Yep. Yeah. And you know, when you're riding in the snow, um, you know, you don't need the suspension so much. I mean, you've got um you've got a uh, some suspension in that that fat bike tire as well. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some squish in there, that's for sure. How big are those wheels? I don't even know. Well, I, I'm riding twenty six inch wheels. Uh-huh. Um, but but you know, they end up being bigger than that because of the the tires. And yeah, so, yeah. So it's like a five or something like that, or like how big is the tire? It, yeah, it's a four-inch tire that I'm I'm riding. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy I was talking about earlier, that friend of mine, that he has like a couple of fat bikes, and he just bought a full suspension one. So I don't know what the hell he's doing, but he he has a place up in Tahoe, and he's probably boosting some crazy stuff or something. I don't know, but yeah, I, you know, I can put a, a a fork, a front different front front fork for the summer on this bike as well, and mm-hmm. uh, you know then. Then I can make it a little bit more versatile. I could I could put a set of mountain bike wheels on the Voitech and ride it mm-hmm. summer, and it'd be you know it'd be a much lighter bike than my my aluminum hardtail. Yeah, yeah. And that bike is ten years old, to be fair. Yeah, no, I hear you there for sure. Yeah. This guy uh, John A says, "What does Charlie think of tire inserts?" Since, well, since you're since you're a wheel guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know we we've got. 
we've got some customers who ride them and uh and i hear great things about them but honestly I, i've never ridden them myself because of my you know the ancient technology that's in my mountain bike <laughs> <laughs> you know? um but uh i've only i've only heard good things about them so yeah i can definitely say that i um i didn't really have a lot of belief belief in them you know whenever people were talking about it when they first came out and then i i talked to Kushcore, and they definitely piqued my interest and i was i was like still hesitant because it's um you know like the install process at the time where like everybody when they were doing it when they first came out was like having a hell of a time getting them on so I was like, oh man, I don't know if I want to go through this, you know, but I put them on my bike and, you know, I'll preface this by saying, you know, once again, that I'm a big guy. Right. So like, as soon as I put them on my bike, I could tell my cornering was like way better. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that when I talked to those guys that the, the main head engineer guy would reiterate over and over again is that they're not a tire protection device they're a suspension device you know so the tire protection or the rim protection is like an added bonus but like that's not what they made them for you know like they made them so that you feel like you have more suspension you're getting more suspension it's dampening in your tire you know like you can run lower pressures and it'll keep that sidewall stiff and you know when i talked to them that was another one of those products where it's like when you talk to them you're like no this makes sense what you're saying it totally makes sense so the what, only downside is you know you're putting more weight in your wheel what what pressure do you ride Does that i ride you? probably around 27 in 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 my wheels but um so i'm probably still riding them a little bit firmer than than i could yeah. be yeah just because i'm like paranoid you know what i mean like I, I used to run my pressures like really high for a long time, especially with tubes back in the day, like yeah. ridiculous high. But um, I will say that I got a new set of Envy wheels, the um, 70s. I think that's the right number. 735s or something. Yeah, 735. Because they do the the inner, I think, in their, their yeah. model name like you guys. And they have this new rim strip on it that is supposed to like help against tire puncture. Yeah. And um, also I think because the tire being wider, it really changes the, the way that the tire is reacting. And when I talked to envy, they were like, you might not want the, you know, the, the cush core in there. This could, this could change it for you. And um, so far I've been riding this thing. I put a shit ton of miles on these wheels and um they've been really good even without the the cush core so i've been curious lately i've been thinking to myself that i wanted to peel the the tires off and put cush core in and see like if it made as much of a difference to me now as it did before and i think one of the reasons that before it made a huge difference was because i had an older older envy set of wheels on that bike that had like a I think it was like a 26 or a 27 di- like inner diam or inner width. And um, because of that and running the bigger tires, my tires were kind of ballooned on, on the wheel, you know? And um, 
the cush core made a big difference in stiffening that up so it didn't yeah. it didn't roll as the same but with yeah. these being such wider rims i right. think that's why i'm not feeling it the way that i did before right yeah because in preparation for these new wheels i took my cush core out of those old wheels and i also was getting ready to sell that bike and i rode it for like a couple of weeks without the cush core in and like as soon as i took it out i was like i can't stand this like they were like super bouncy and just like it, it was like noticeably that i i was not impressed you, you know what i mean but yeah when i got these wheels built i wanted to give envy you know their fair shake and and give it a shot to see what my perspective was and I, I can't say that I'm missing my cush core right now. And I can also say that whatever that rim strip magic is that they, that they put on there, I have definitely heard that, you know, that knock that you hear when you slam your freaking wheel into a rock and you're like, that's going to be a snake bite. You, yeah. you know what I mean? I've heard that a bunch of times and I haven't got the snake bite yet. Yeah. So, yeah. But they have this weird, like rubbery plastic, like sleeve kind of thing that goes over the rim before you put your tire on. Yeah. And, um, and then I guess like the, the fins of the, the rim itself are a little fatter so that they're not as, as like a knife edge where like yeah. other, other rims are. Right. So that, that is what I'm assuming that's like basically the technology that's supposed to be keeping it from puncturing. And yeah. yeah, yeah. From, right. The ahead. wide speed that Envy does, you yeah. know, it um yeah it spreads out the the pressure when your rim hits a rock right yeah. so you, you don't have a lot of pressure on one spot on the rim to yeah on it but but right that on your rims that's covered up by the the um and, and, and i don't rem remember what they call it but the the piece of plastic that goes yeah yeah it. the little rim strip thing that they have the only thing i could say about that is in like it was kind of a pain to get my wheels on over that and then get that thing like in place right and I, I probably should have went to their website and watched one of their videos. They're, they probably show you some like super slick way to do it. But instead, I'm like in my buddy's shop. It's like 11 o'clock at night. You know, we've already had freaking six or seven beers. And we're like, all right, let's put these wheels together. You know, so I, yeah. I probably skipped some like crucial step. Like first spray it with soapy water. Or, you know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah, whatever. We'll just put this thing on there. You know, so. That was my only complaint with built with like putting them on like and i'm kind of curious to like once you take them off like you know what how that whole process goes uh, but i think the only thing that i can say is that with kush core every time i did it it just got easier and easier and at this point like when i put it on kush core for my wheels or my buddy's wheels like it's only a couple of minutes more than what it would take me to put a regular wheel on it's really like no difference it's kind of like you you just have to learn the way to like finesse it right and you're like oh this is actually pretty simple yeah but that first time you're doing it you're like i want to punch baby jesus right in the face you know like it, it's definitely not a fun process but so that's what i'm i'm assuming the same thing's going to happen with this rim strip thing yeah yeah that makes sense do you think you guys have any kind of like uh ideas or things in that nature that you want to do with your wheels or uh, I would say the simple answer, no, you not know, right now, yeah. yeah, not at the moment. Um, we are, you know, in terms of, in terms of the rims design, you know, we're sort of following what other people are doing, you know, looking at, uh, you know, 
going a little bit wider with our rims. Mm -hmm. uh, although we're not doing, you know, we're not doing a protective rim strip like yeah. is. Um, we all of our products we like to keep very lightweight, you know, mm -hmm. to stick to stick with our spokes and mm -hmm. uh, and you know we've had we've had good luck so far with our rims. You know, we, we don't have any. I want to say when I looked at the profile of the rim on the website that it had like like an offset spoke kind of design to it. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, right. So we're building with asymmetric. We're you know our rims are asymmetric. Yeah, that's the and, word. And the the benefit of asymmetric rims is that the the tensions of the spokes are more even mm -hmm. on each side because you know when you've got your your front front disc brake or your rear drive that side of the hub isn't as wide as the other side of the hub. And mm -hmm. so those, those spokes are, are going to be at higher tensions um, because of the, the steeper angle that they come down to the hub. And, hmm. and by having that offset rim, you always put the, the offset away from the drive on the rear and you put it away from the disc side in the front. And that gives you more even tensions and, and, uh, and builds it. So, you know, builds a little bit better wheel because it has a little bit higher tensions on the, uh, on the on the low tension side of the wheel why are the flanges not the same on the hub i thought they would be i thought they are the same they're not well on a rear hub right you've got you've yeah, got i'm trying, trying to look at this one over there i can't really tell from yeah. it. <laughs> so so you you know you've got your free hub body and that free hub body you know is um about an inch and a half long right and on the other side of the hub you just have the disc brake and uh Oh, I was looking at this hub that I have here in my hand, though. This is a front hub, so that's yeah, it. yeah. Well, yeah. so the front hub that's you know a good example too, right? So, so yeah, you you look at that hub. You now you're holding that hub like that, but the rim is going to be perfectly centered on the hub, right? right? So the rim is going to be perfectly centered, so the the distance from the the hub flange to where the center of the rim is on on the the disc brake side is going to be less than on the the non disc brake side because that disc is is there, you know, pushing that hub flange over. But when you when you when you pair that with an offset rim, you get you get it so it's a lot more even mm -hmm. um, tensions. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And that's where most, yeah, most most manufacturers are moving that way. You know, so so for example, and we've been talking about Envy, Envy's brand new rims. Um, you know, they're I more stand, valuable. Stands are asymmetric as well, too, if I remember correctly, right? Uh I I don't know. Yeah. I, I know you know that they're older aluminum rims are not asymmetric but no they I, weren't i think their new carbon ones are though because i remember that was one of yeah. i, I want to say it was one of the first ones at least that i saw that kind of had that funky yeah. like it just looks odd you know like it looks not odd it just looks different than what you're used to seeing and i remember when it first came out i was like what's what's going on here yeah yeah and you you know like specialized their their newest um rims are now asymmetric as well mm-hmm do you have um i know i've seen also a bunch of the different wheel companies going with these like i don't know how to explain it you probably i mean being being a materials guy you probably will be able to correct me right away but it's like kind of like a, a a polymer carbon instead of a pure carbon fiber it's like carbon and mixed with something else in a bowl you know what i'm talking about uh not not really i would it's say kind of like a, it's, it's like a it's maybe somebody in the chat can fill me in here real quick and help me out and maybe with one of the brands or something like that but basically it's like a like a hybrid carbon that they're using so it has a little more flex to it it's not as rigid as carbon is yeah i've i've seen 
you know, at least one company making a thermoplastic rim mm-hmm. uh, where it's 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 recyclable. You know, you could take that material and you could melt it back down. You can make a new rim rim out of it. Oh, wow. You know, than the normal carbon fiber, which is you know, carbon fiber rim is a mixture of of fibers themselves and an epoxy. I'm gonna try to pull it. Keep keep going about that for a second. I'm gonna try to pull it up. I just remember I know Revel Bikes has just brought out some rims as well. And let's see if I can like just bl- get a little little chatty chatty here while I try to pull up their website and see what this thing says it's made out of. They're claiming on their website that they're also talking to some bike nerds. They, maybe they're talking to you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, well. Well, fortunately, whenever someone says they're talking to bike nerds, now they could be they could mean birds. So, yeah, it's something to do with the car, the the epoxy. So they're saying there's no environmentally harmful or brutal epoxy in this carbon, and it's higher performance composite polymer that makes it significantly more durable, lighter, and better riding. Yeah. So, th- so they're talking about the you know of those two components. They're not talking about the carbon fibers themselves, right? Which right. Are- during the majority of the work, they're talking about the the matrix that holds it all together, and you know there's certainly different options for for that. Yeah. Whereas the carbon fiber, most people are using essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Some so they're they're using a different kind of glue for the carbon yeah. fiber, like to make it like simple to say. Yeah. And right. so it's that glue that's and my understanding too is like they're using it so that they can make it and this is funny so that they can make it a little more flexible so it's closer to like an aluminum ride so and i guess that would probably have to do with some of the dampening as well yeah well well carbon fiber can you know it's lighter but then it can end up being more of a harsh ride yeah and uh it, you know it's the same type of thing that our that our spokes overcome right mm-hmm. as it takes you know, and again, it makes the wheel even lighter, but now it takes away some of that harshness that that carbon fiber brings with wheels. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm definitely interested. I'm like, okay, do I want to try this on my mountain bike or do I want to try this on my gravel bike? I feel like I would feel it. You know, like my my brain, my monkey brain says, well, do it on the gravel bike because that would make way more sense. You're definitely going to feel that. But listening to what Richard said about his wheels as he's riding his bike, I'm like, well, man, he made it sound like it was just sweet on the mountain bike too. So you're gonna have, you're yeah. talking into a couple sets of wheels at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever you need, you know, just, <laughs> just <laughs> um, but on you know on the mountain bike side, a lot of people say that they get better tracking with our mm-hmm. spokes, you know, through rocky, rooty sections than you would with with steel spokes. What do you attribute that to? Having a little bit more flex, you know, and a little, and I think the vibration damping, uh-huh. uh, you know, just just helps so that you're getting more of an even pedal stroke throughout, you know, throughout the rocks versus a, you know, you know, just getting small bits of pedal stroke at a time. Mm-hmm. So, do the wheels like? That's actually a good question that I, I'm thinking of then. So, like. Because your wheel could be, you, you could be flexing the wheel like through something like funky. And wouldn't that be making, I mean, I, I guess the same things happen on steel spokes then. It's like, but since it's not rigid, like, does that like make the hub like a little more like washy feeling or anything like that? Or, I mean, you know, it's essentially, I mean, 
the stiffness, when people typically talk about the stiffness, you know, they say that they feel the same, you know, they feel yeah. stiff wheels. And so it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's not that they're, you know, super, you know real wishy-washy or, you know, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the other part too of, of, uh, of it is, you know, I mean, it's a little bit less stiffness and you feel that a little bit in the, um, you know, just in the, in the pedal stroke. And so I, I think that that really helps to get a more even pedal stroke mm -hmm. uh, by just having a little bit less stiffness on the, the rear wheel when mm -hmm. you're, you're tracking through, you know, really bumpy things where you might be on and off the pedals. Mm -hmm. But that's probably what more people are like, just calling like the dampening feeling that they're, they're having then. So it's just kind of like taking away some of the harshness then. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is is the company where you thought it would be like five years ago when you guys started? Or you think you're doing better? You think you guys are on track with what your like thought process was? Or you know, we are we are actually right on track with um, about about three and a half years ago. You know, I, I you know, we came up with a plan where we wanted this company to be you know our goals for this, and we're we're actually right on track right um, on. for that right now. So I think you know, I'm I'm. I myself am super happy with it and it's a yeah. it's a super fun place to work yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh and you know if anyone uh down the road is looking for, you know living in minnesota looking for a, a fun place to work um you know i'd say it's a we're you know we've got a great group of people here so i think it's got to be definitely really rewarding to have something that you guys you know essentially invented and then watching it grow, you know, like is like that's that has to just, you know, in my eyes, like that has to feel good, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I recently um, made some here. I'll show you. I actually, probably have one in my wallet. I made these like bottle openers. I'm going to compare this to all the engineering that you did, but I like came up with this design for this like credit card, you know, bottle opener that, and, you know, just made it and reached out to some place in China to have them manufacture it. And, you know, it's like this idea that I had for some swag and like, now I'm holding this physical thing in my hand and, you know, selling it to people. And it, I don't know, it's really rewarding. Yeah, you know, oh, just yeah. to, like come up. And, you know, empowering, you know, yeah. that you, you know, do your own thing. I, I mean, that's uh, certainly a big part of it for me and why, you know, why I love this company so much. And, you know, the other thing is being a small company gives you a lot of ability to to do things that a big company couldn't, you know. Yeah, that, super you know, Oh, yeah, to develop something new, to, you know, to, to have down to having great customer service. It, you know, somebody calls and needs something. We're we're pretty flexible in um, you know in making making our customers happy and and making new products. Um, so, it, yeah, it's pretty great. Where do you guys get the the string from? Is that because obviously that's not manufactured. That comes from China or something like that too. Or it's China no, string. <laughs> no, it, no, it doesn't. It doesn't come from China. I can't I can't tell you where it comes from. Okay. Um, because that's another one of our things that's that's proprietary, but but no, it uh, yeah, it's um, it is a very you know amazing material that we use, and we you know we work work with 
um, suppliers that 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 help us you know with various aspects of our, our yeah product. yeah yeah I, I understand that so did yeah. you guys like was it like you saw this 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 material and you knew that's where you wanted to go right away or was it like you thought like hey i think we can fix these spokes and then you went through like a bunch of materials to get to the one that you're at you know no it was more of or more of the material the material is a you know amazing material how can we make this work for our you know for our spokes and so the iterations were you know in the designs of how do we make that bond between the the steel and the braided fiber so mm -hmm. they can interface with standard components and that's you know that's so you guys found the material first and then from the material you were like so did you know you wanted to do wheels at that point or you're just like found yeah, the yeah. And you're like hey this could be a spoke yeah no no it it uh yeah we oh no we at that point it was just it was just spokes you know yeah. so it was you know let, let's start with spokes and right. you know of course that's still our focus we're a spoke company you know but now you know we're really growing into wheels too and uh right. and yeah doing a great job with that as well but definitely started, started at spokes which one of you three was the ones that like came up with the idea first who who how'd that happen well you know it's kind of a funny story because uh myself and another of the co-founders kyle kyle you know kyle has lots of great ideas you know and he said you know i've got this great idea let's let's do it like this and i and i said Kyle, that that's amazing. You know, let that that's it. We got it. You know, but actually, I I he was talking about something else, and I just interpreted it the wrong way. And so, <laughs> so, so that so I I don't know who you who you could say came up with the idea, but some somehow between Kyle and I, we uh you know we came up with this this design for the you know the Chinese finger trap. Uh, uh -huh. You know, is what what we call it, and that that and that that's what our that's what our patent is on is that you know, and so you guys went to school for the same stuff then uh no the three founders all we all have different uh different degrees i'm i'm a chemical engineer um kyle is actually an electrical engineer uh-huh and um and brad the third co-founder is um a, a mechanical engineer so can you I'm still stuck on how you came across this material then. So like either like you were like down in Roswell, New Mexico, you ran into a freaking UFO. Well, no, gutted the, that thing. <laughs> well, the, the material is used in, um, you know, it's used like in, in webbing for rock climbing, you know, this uh, real ultra high molecular weight polyethylene it's used. Um, I, one more time. Somebody asked earlier, what's the material? What was it? It's, it's ultra high molecular weight polyethylene. I love and it. So, so now that we're an hour and a half into this thing, you know, I can give you the, I'll give you the chemical details on this for, you know, for those diehards that are still watching. <laughs> um, but, but so it, it's the same chemical composition as polyethylene. So it's the same thing as, as a plastic grocery bag, right? Oh, wow. you know, so there's wimpy little plastic grocery bags, but the difference is, and so, and then, so your question is what, you know, what is polyethylene? Well, right. it's just, it's just a long strand of, carbon atoms and these long molecules you know super long so it's just you know carbon atoms all joined together in this long molecule but in in regular polyethylene the 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 molecules are just kind of randomly oriented you know like a plate of spaghetti right where they're right. all just you know every which way and it's not <laughs> it's not it's not very strong in that way you pull on it and they just pull apart from each other yeah but in ultra high molecular weight polyethylene first of all the these 
these spaghetti strands are super long, mm-hmm. right? They, they, you know, they might have 60,000 or, you know, or more, you know, these, these atoms all, all, you know, all together in one chain, mm-hmm. but then all of the chains are all going exactly the same direction. And so they're all, they're all right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Instead of them being randomly oriented, they're all oriented straight along the length of the, of the fibers. Uh-huh. So when you pull on the fibers, what you're pulling right along the length of these chains, you're pulling right on these carbon-carbon bonds between the atoms. And when you do that, it has the strength of diamond. So, so that diamond is so all you have now. I'm helping you with your marketing. You have carbon diamond spokes. If you yeah, carbon or... diamond spokes. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you pull on them that way, they have the strength. You're actually pulling on the chains in that direction. They have the strength of diamond. And and they don't pull apart from each other uh-huh. like you know normal like you know the spaghetti normal polyethylene pulls apart from each other because the chains are randomly oriented mm-hmm. but they don't pull apart from each other because because of something called van der Waals forces you know it's kind of like uh, you know it's like static electricity but since they're so long you know it's kind of a weak force but they're so long and they're stuck together for the entire length. But then they don't pull apart and stretch out. Um, yeah, so. you nailed it, dude. Somebody, I think, somebody, somebody shortened it way up, and they said directional plastic spider web. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is actually another good one over here. They said, "Will sun affect them over time?" That's a great question. So, so for the same reason of the so the, since because the material is polyethylene, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm going to go into that. The yeah, scientific yeah. explanation again. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds good to me, dude. Just for those diehards, but because it, it's um, it's just polyethylene, it's not affected by by UV light, and the mm-hmm. sun doesn't affect it. So that that's different from you know other ropes, um, you know that people might have, like like nylon, for example, or you know like a Kevlar um, rope that you make bulletproof vests out of Vectran. Mm-hmm. It's different from those because they they have things called chromophores things that are affected by uv light that'll mm-hmm. actually absorb uv light and then cause the the molecule to break down mm-hmm. uh, polyethylene doesn't have any of that and so it it doesn't break down when exposed to uv light and this material is actually used to um to pull oil tankers you know sitting out in the ocean for <clears throat> you know all day every day for oh wow and so it's um that that's what's really special about this material, you know, different than than like PBO that that Spinergy built with um, a long time ago, and you know, different from from Vectran. Yeah, it doesn't break down. It doesn't require any coating or anything. So it really doesn't like fatigue then over time either. Yeah, yeah. Time time doesn't cause it to fatigue. Yeah. So what does cause it to fatigue? Anything? Like I mean, only, only, when you, only when you exceed this really exceed the strength of it you know uh-huh. that that's the cool thing about polymers like this is that they um the fatigue life is really good all the way up to almost the breaking strength of them and that, mm-hmm. that's different from metals because metals um, like aluminum and steel when you start to get close to where it would break it'll start to start to fatigue mm-hmm. you know it'll start um having deformation but um but polymers like that are used like in, in our spokes. Um, you can get all the way up to where it'll almost break before you really start doing any damage to it. 
that's crazy that, that it really really is it's just it's super interesting though as well it's like uh kind of makes your brain hurt a little bit when you're not when you're a layman you know <laughs> That, that's, that's, super that's my goal just to try to make your brain hurt no but that's good though I, I mean i like that kind of stuff it definitely is like i think that's what makes it interesting you know it's interesting that you know that they're not rigid that it doesn't fatigue like that and i think that um <laughs> it's definitely a lot to think about that's really cool how you guys came up with it though that's 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 for sure oh i wanted to ask this too so you said earlier that you know it's basically a bunch of strands that are in each spoke that are all weaved together. So in my mind, I'm thinking of like a 550 cord kind of thing, you know, where it's like a shell and a bunch of strings inside all braided together. Do you know how many of those like fibers are in each one of those spokes by chance? You know, I, I should know what that is because yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty well-defined number, but, but the, it's not, um, there's not a core like you talked about. So there's not two ropes. There's not like a, like an outer shell and then and then strands down the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's 12 strands braided together. And so it's a 12 strand braid. Um and each of those 12 what I what I call them they're actually called toes. So each of those 12 things is actually um you know one toe. And then inside of those there's you know there's like a thousand fibers inside of each of those. Um, wow. so I, I should really, you know, know that number and I'm not going to count them, but I can, I yeah, can, talk you to can figure it out pretty quick is what you're telling me. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure your math skills are on point compared to mine. I would imagine. <laughs> I, I like took, <laughs> yeah, I, when I first went to school or to college, I went to, wanted to be in like computer science and I had to take all these math classes and I got to this like calculus class and calculus was whenever I was like, you know what? I don't think I like this anymore. <laughs> that was enough for me. Yeah. I I also had this calculus teacher that was like his second week in America from China. And I could not understand what he was saying at all. Like much more than like high at the beginning of the class. I would just sit there and like kind of look at the pictures that he was drawing and try to make sense of it. Right. And then uh, I was like, man, that's it. I'm going to find another calculus class. And the other calculus class was some Russian dude that everybody said had a really bad accent as well. So I was like, well, I guess I'm stuck here. And that yeah. dude, he he set us up for failure once. He's like, you guys want to take home test for the final? Or it was, I don't even think it was a final. It's just a take home test. Every, everybody, you know, college students like, yeah. He gave us four questions. And I spent 12 hours in the math lab with other math teachers that were running the math lab, trying to figure out those four questions. And um, some of the other teachers couldn't even answer it. So that guy was like, he wanted everybody to fail at like a 50% yeah. and then grade on that. You know, whoever was closest to utterly yeah. failing is the one that's gonna pass. Yeah, it, it's, a, <laughs> it, it's a good way to separate people, you know, when you have when you have a test like that, but it's, uh, it's definitely not a, morale booster <laughs> yeah yeah no it was fun though i mean honestly like there was a point in my college career where i considered going into math more but that's just like the joking side of me is like calculus was like i'm over it yeah. i'm just gonna go play guitar try to get famous <laughs> that didn't work out either so it's also a good story 
So let's see here. I'm just trying to weed through these questions and I'm seeing come up in the chat. Most of them are things that you guys could get answered if you go back to the beginning of the podcast and listen from the beginning. So I'm gonna let you guys go with that. So um, anyways, see, dude, we're almost two hours, man. I told you beforehand. Yeah. It happens. It's just easy to do. I'm biased when you're talking to Robert. Huh? Yeah, right? I don't know. I just got the gift of gab. You're like, God, would this dude just shut up already? So I always like to ask people, um, do you watch YouTube? I don't know. I mean, I, usually I'm talking to a bunch of other YouTubers. So are you a YouTube guy? No, I have I have no time for anything but uh, working and, uh, and and spending time with my kids oh, and, right uh, and, and exercising. So those, yeah. those are like the three things that I'm or I suppose sleeping, I should put that in there. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of them too. How many kids do you have? I have two. Are, are they young still? Yeah, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh man, you got your hands full, dude. Oh they, yeah. You probably don't have a whole lot of time for the exercise part then either. Unless no, you I try to, you know, I'll do that at lunchtime at work. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Dude, I have really enjoyed talking to you. I'm gonna tell everybody that if you want carbon diamond spokes that you need to talk to those guys or a bird because you're yeah. bringing out your bike something fierce with those things yeah just let me know we'll get a new trademark on uh on whatever you decide <laughs> <laughs> just whatever i decide yeah that's funny do you guys do you think that the um the the trademark and the um process for patent is really important in your your line of what you're doing right there the, the oh, yeah. only, go for it go ahead yeah, it's super important. You know, I mean, what we're doing is we've, you know, we've developed a product that is, um, you know, I would say fairly easy to reverse engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see it, you can see yeah. what it is, but the, you know, it relies on something super critical, and that's that bond. And so for mm-hmm. us, having that patent is super, you know, is really important. Yeah, um, yeah. That you know, it adds a lot of value to to our company. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense in what you're saying there because it's like something that you're like tangibly holding and could take apart to figure out how it works. The company, yeah. like I said earlier, the company I work for, they make make ROVs, robots for the bottom of the ocean. And um, the founder of the company, he he like didn't believe in patents at all because, but his process was different because he was like. By the time somebody figures out and recreates what we've done, we're already moving on to something else. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, go for it. You know, you're going to be reverse engineering like a 10 year old product, you know, yeah. so like yeah, to him, it wasn't worth the time or the money, but I can understand what you're saying because essentially like the old spokes that we were talking about, you know, if you guys have those ghetto steel spokes, those things have been around for what you said a hundred years or something. So yeah. Yeah. You don't need a new business plan for at least another hundred years. There you go. Yeah. And if I'm still doing this in a hundred years, then, well, who knows what's going on? <laughs> right. Would it matter? Like, as far, I guess it probably wouldn't matter, but like, what about if like wheels went to a bigger diameter? Like say we start riding like 32s next year. That's like the next new thing from specialized yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I can make his spokes for that. Yeah, we, so it would still be like the it doesn't matter on the length or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's probably a pretty simple question there. But nonetheless, man, honestly, 
I, I seriously had a, had a great time chatting. I don't know if there's anything else that you feel like you'd like to express to people before, um, before we wrap it up, but. No, I think you did a great job. You had a lot of great questions. So yeah, it was great talking to you, Robert. Right on, man. I, I really, really did uh, appreciate having you on here. And for all you guys that hung out, man, that was, that was uh, very informative. You guys should definitely check out their website. It's in the show more of the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on, on YouTube, if um, you're listening on podcast, it should be in the podcast notes as well. I put a, a link to their website and a link to their YouTube channel. And you said on your YouTube channel, that's where you have those compression test videos and stuff like that, or? No, that's on our Instagram. So that's on your Instagram. Yeah. Okay, like in yeah, a story yeah. or something like that? Or just yeah, like- Yeah, we got those on our page. Um, so yeah, there's at least, there's, there's a couple videos on there. That's the, the best place for for cool bird content and, and our YouTube is more of our informational like how to kind of stuff. Yep. Right on, man. That totally, totally makes sense, man. So once again, I appreciate you coming on here and, and chatting with me, all you guys out there, please do me a favor, swing by their site, check that out. Also swing by my Instagram or my, my um, Facebook page and maybe give that a follow because I'm trying to grow that too. And uh, like I said, for all you sponsors out there from Patreon, I really appreciate every, everything that you guys are doing for me and keeping the podcast as well as the biker channel at, at POV channel up and going. You guys are definitely like like helping out a lot. And I, and I appreciate that. Any of you guys that want to jump in on that, just go ahead and swing by patreon.biker.com or patreon.com and just search biker. You know how to spell it. If you don't, you can probably figure it out. Anyways, I really appreciate all, all of that, all of you guys out there. And of course, I want you guys all to remember one thing and one thing only. It only takes a bike to be a bike. So get out and be one.